Hey there, writers, and welcome to episode number 92 of the Well-Storied Podcast. My name is Kristen Kiefer, and this podcast is where I translate articles from the Well-Storied blog into audio so you can listen in on the go. If you don't know, Well-Storied is where I share articles and tools and resources to help you craft sensational novels and build your very best writing life. Today, I want to talk about one of the most popular pieces of writing advice, and as it happens, one of the most controversial as well, and that is the advice to show, don't tell. What does show, don't tell really mean? We're going to break it all down in today's episode, so if you would like to read along as you listen in, make sure you head on over to well-storied.com slash show and tell. All right, writers, now let's dive in. What does show don't tell really mean? Show don't tell is far and away one of the most common pieces of writing advice. Unfortunately, it's also one of the most misunderstood. This popular writing mantra claims to be the key to rich and immersive storytelling, but what does show don't tell actually mean? Is it a technique you should truly pay mind as you work to improve your skills? And if so, how can you employ this popular piece of advice in a way that doesn't feel contrived? Let's discuss everything you need to know today, writers. First, let's begin by talking about the rise of the show-don't-tell technique. The origin of this popular piece of writing advice is a hazy one. Despite attributions to Anton Chekhov, it appears that Percy Lubbock's book, The Craft of Fiction, popularized this adage back in the 1920s. Regardless of its origin, the fact remains that this advice has steadily built its home in the Western world's collective writing consciousness for the past 100 years or so. That makes it worth looking into, right? Though any cold, hard data is largely lacking, it's my belief that Show Don't Tell became popular writing advice because of the rise of film and television. Prior to the modern age, novels were largely framed as retellings, with a godlike narrator or in-the-know character literally telling readers, and at times other characters, the story at hand. As film and television came into prominence, however, storytelling became more and more experiential, with readers wanting to see the story rather than hear it told. Thus, novelists began to reframe their stories as in-the-moment experiences, giving rise to techniques such as deep point of view, subjective storytelling, and film-to-fiction principles. I've linked articles concerning all three of those things in today's episode transcript at well-storied.com slash show and tell. So too, however, began the rise of show-don't-tell. So what exactly does this advice mean? Let's define this popular piece of writing advice, friends. Show Don't Tell is often misunderstood because it's been oversimplified for the sake of brevity. In essence, however, this advice encourages writers to tell stories via the use of immersive thoughts, actions, and descriptions most often filtered through the lens of a point-of-view character. The most popular Show Don't Tell example comes from a quote often attributed to Anton Chekhov. Don't tell me the moon is shining, show me the glint of light on broken glass. As you can see from this example, showing requires readers to engage with the story in order to comprehend the author's intended meaning. We aren't told that the moon is shining, but with the aid of a little context, the glint of light on broken glass helps us visualize a moon hung high in the night sky. 
by this definition, show don't tell earns and occupies a rightful place in popular writing canon. The problem comes when writers take this advice as law and assume it must be applied to every sentence in every story. There is no right way to write a novel, friends, because there is no single way to tell a story. Thus, no writing rules are truly binding. Just as there are many instances in which applying the show-don't-tell technique would improve the quality of a story, there are many in which writers should steer clear. When should and shouldn't you make use of this technique, then? As with most things in life, a healthy balance between showing and telling is often needed to maintain your sanity, and that of your readers. Why? Because to write an entire story with show-don't-tell in mind would leave you with a lengthy and likely overblown manuscript. In fact, to do so is virtually impossible. Telling is often a more concise mode of communication, and that brevity comes in handy in many cases, such as when showing the passage of time, when relaying simple backstory or exposition, when capturing the narrative voice of some characters, when expressing a simple statement, when crafting most dialogue, when transitioning between settings, when balancing lengthy showing descriptions, and when highlighting an important thought or action. Telling is also more common in certain narrative frameworks, such as stories told as legends or retellings. And of course, sometimes telling simply creates a better narrative flow than showing, and it's perfectly okay to make use of telling in those instances. Alternatively, showing is often quite effective at immersing readers in a point-of-view character's mindset, helping them visualize the story world, engage with the action, and empathize with the stakes at hand. To improve your ability to show instead of tell, try working some of these tips into your next writing session. First up, write engaging sensory description. Making use of the five senses when writing descriptions will help immerse readers in the character's experience, sure enough. But try taking your descriptions up a notch by having your characters engage with the description at hand, making for a more experiential read. Take the following sentences, for example. To tell this sentence, you could say, the truck was unreasonably loud. To show this sentence by making use of one of the five senses, you could say, the low growl of a passing truck shook the room. But if you also wanted to show and engage your character in the description at hand, you could say, I grabbed the water glass to still its whining as the low growl of a passing truck shook the room. On to tip number two we go, and that is to avoid telling verbs. When working to show instead of tell, avoid common telling verbs such as heard, saw, thought, smelled, or wondered. These verbs are, quite literally, tells, or marks of authorship, pulling readers out of the character's experience. Continuing with our example, don't say, she heard the low growl of a passing truck. Instead, remove the telling verb and mimic the structure of one of our examples from a moment ago. On to tip number three we go, and that is to make use of rich language. Pulling from another popular piece of writing advice, it's often easier to show when avoiding adverbs and when making strong word choices in general. Saying that a character fled holds more visual and emotional power than saying they ran frantically, as does the word surged instead of rose or grew, 
and rasp instead of sharp sound. And finally, tip number four, personify emotion. More than any other element, we want to immerse readers in our story's emotional arcs, encouraging them to connect and relate with our characters and their feelings. This is hard to accomplish, however, when merely telling readers about our characters' emotions. Instead, give life to those feelings by personifying them. Transform she was angry into a roiling anger took root within her, or the grief was terrible into grief hollowed a pit in his stomach. You could even choose to remove the direct emotion from your work altogether. For example, instead of he was afraid, you could say a cold sweat broke over his brow. Still don't feel like you have a strong handle on this whole show don't tell advice? More than anything, it's important to stay true to your personal writing style so as to avoid work that feels contrived. But if you fear you may be leaning too far in the direction of either showing or telling in your work, take some time to analyze a recent passage or seek feedback from a fellow writer or knowledgeable reader. It certainly doesn't hurt to play around with your writing style to see if you can't create the right balance between showing and telling in your work. Immersing readers in our stories is, of course, by no means an easy task, but it's often worth the effort. So let's strive to do a better job of both showing and telling, shall we, writers? Friends, thank you so much for listening into today's episode of the podcast. I hope you found it helpful as you work to find that balance between showing and telling in your work, and just to generally understand what this whole show-don't-tell advice really means. I see so many writers getting frustrated by this piece of advice because they think it's this rule, this law that they have to apply at all times, and that is simply not the case. So I encourage you, if you've often thought that as well, to go ahead and you know re-listen to this episode if necessary, and really get a better handle on what it means to show, don't tell, and how to apply that to your work. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and to leave a quick rating and review if you have a spare moment. That really goes a long way towards helping the podcast grow, and I really, really appreciate it. If you would like to help support the podcast and all of the free resources that I create for WellStoried, including our articles on the blog, our free email courses, and our communities, and if you would like to do that monetarily, make sure to head on over to patreon.com slash wellstoried. On Patreon, you can support your favorite creators for as little as $1 a month, and every dollar helps me cover the expenses involved in running WellStoried and continue to build my career here as a blogger and a writer for you all. So thank you so, so much. Again, if you would like to get involved, I'll leave that link for you in today's episode description. All right, writers, as always, you know where we're headed here, and that is to say goodbye. Again, thank you so much for listening in to today's episode. I can't wait to talk to you guys again soon, but until then, happy writing.